This episode of the Real Health Podcast is brought to you by Blush Off Australia, the natural way to remove makeup. Feel out of your comfort zone by rejecting someone or saying no to something, but at the end of the day, it's your safety. Don't ever feel like you're forced into a situation because you don't want to offend or upset somebody else. <laughs> and welcome back to the Real Health Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ebony May, and today is an interview episode with Rachel from the Women's Self-Defense Network. So the Women's Self-Defense Network is working to empower women to live a safe and confident life. They do seminars and workshops. They also have a podcast called Knowledge Is Your Superpower. Across their various socials, they share amazing tips and lessons to help you live a safe and confident life. Today, I spoke to Rachel about intuition, what this really means and how we can tune into our intuition more. The trope that women are meant to be polite and agreeable, and how to deal with unwanted attention, getting home safely even after dark, and so much more. I absolutely love this episode with Rachel. She is a wealth of knowledge, and I think this area of work is so important. I'm so excited for this interview to be in your ears today. So without further ado, here is my interview with Rachel from the Women's Self-Defense Network. Rachel, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. I haven't interviewed anyone who does what you do and I stumbled across your Instagram and I just thought I need to interview this woman and I need to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Ebony. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. <laughs> now, I, as I said to you, I am obsessed with your reels and I watch them all the time and there's so many things I'm like, oh my goodness, I never would have thought of that or oh my goodness, I do that, I need to stop doing that. So I really want to get into that today um, because we've had we've had a long discussion off mic, but yeah, I'm just yes. I'm really, excited, <laughs> really excited to chat. But the first question I ask every single guest is what does real health mean to you? Real health, um, oh, I think that real balance in life, whether it's, you know, mind, body, soul, the whole the whole lot really. Like I really like to look after my health and I like to keep reminding myself that what I feed myself is what I'm going to get out of my life. So whether that's what I'm looking at, what I'm eating, how I'm living. So real health for me is like an entire journey. And I, I mean, you know, we can't be perfect. So <laughs> I definitely try my best, but um, I also always like to remind myself and I'm always saying this in my business as well that we just live one life so I really like to make sure that I'm doing it in the most healthiest safest way possible so that would probably be how I would describe it I love that and then the other reason I think I wanted to interview you as well our health is so related to like you know health is about protecting ourselves and I think this is an aspect that you don't usually associate with health but we need to so I'm really excited that we could collaborate today for sure yeah I want to know if you ran into somebody in an elevator and they said, who are you and what do you do? What's your elevator pitch for yourself and your work? Okay. So I would love to tell people that I empower them with knowledge on how to live a safe life. So that's summing it up in a nutshell, <laughs> what I do. And yeah, so we're very big on basically avoiding violent encounters and you know, basically giving people the best knowledge on how to navigate their day safely. So that's probably the easiest way for me to sum that up. I always like saying that it's hard. It's hard to sum yourself up, but um, you did a really good job. Oh, thank you. I know it is. When you think about it, like, you know, we can all ramble on about 
what we do. So, but yeah, I think, you know, knowledge is power and that is um, very much like I just believe the more knowledge somebody has about how to live their safest life, then, you know, the better. So that's basically like what we're really all about. And you do such a good job with that. And I think one of the reasons that your content is so amazing, like obviously the content and the knowledge itself is great, but the way that you convey that knowledge is so amazing. Like all of your reels, like specifically, they're so digestible. And I think a lot of the time, whenever we're hesitant to diving into a subject or diving into a topic and gaining that knowledge, it's because the delivery or the platform isn't hitting the nail on the head, but yours absolutely does. You know, they're little short digestible bites. Imagine if you put all your reels like into one thing and it's like, not everyone's going to go and watch a like three hour Ted talk or something like that, (laughs) you know, even though it's really important, but the way that you convey the information is so engaging and really like, it's almost fun to watch. Thank you. I have to tell you, it took me a long time to work myself up mentally to do the reels. Like if anyone who uh, my friends that know me so well they just probably are dying inside thinking of what I'm doing these days because I would never ever have touched anything like that and even my business mentor she's like oh you have to do the reels you have to do the reels so it really took me a while to work myself up because you know it's just you're putting yourself out there and with the reels I mean it's I love that we were able to get that out and we try to make it, I don't know if the word fun's right, but just to be a little bit dramatic, I guess, just so that it's engaging and you do absorb it. Because I I put a lot of still um, images up, but quite often, you know, then two days later, someone might send me a message and it'll be about uh, an actual topic I've already talked about two days earlier but they missed it like it wasn't engaging and and they didn't get that um, information directly because it just didn't hit the spot so the reels have definitely been a big game changer as far as getting the knowledge out there it's just I have to remind myself sometimes so that we have 30 seconds to get as much information so I tried to write more into the actual description of the post just so I can give a bit more information but yeah and look like we were just saying off air sometimes everyone sort of can also read those reels in various different ways so Mm -hmm. um, yeah I like to think that most of the time they're received really well. Do you want to go into that a little bit more like in terms of how it can be received? This is a really tough industry Um, it's a necessary industry but you know ideally it'd be great that we didn't even need I didn't need to be up here telling people how to live a safe life because, um, you know, it's safe would be like, I guess what everyone has, but we, we, it's not granted. It's not guaranteed for anyone, unfortunately. No. And we live in a world where we can't control other people. So, you know, we can only control our own actions. So I like to be able to show people like the best way that they can navigate their day safely. And it's not like, you know, making major changes to your life. It might just be that you reverse your car in so you can leave quickly in a hurry. And it might be that you have your keys ready before you even leave the shop. So you don't have to be looking into your bag and losing your situational awareness when you're actually at your car getting into it so it's all just little things that we can put into our day and um yeah and ideally so the feedback I mean most people you know are really thankful for the information I do get some people saying you know well, why can't we just you know tell predators not to kill and it's like I would love it if I was able to and we do that information there's there's (laughs) laws and there's jail time and there's yeah like we have a process for that if that's not deterring people then we need another action yeah and look it's a real community problem and it's um when you look at where a lot of um predator mindset comes from and stuff for some people it's the way they're brought up 
and maybe very neglected um, childhood or had their own problems happen in their childhood. So it's a real problem across the board. Like, you know, we're trying to deal with mental health now. We're also trying to change behaviours of people. There's a huge movement out, um, you know, educating both girls and boys when they're growing up about consent and respect and uh, how to deal with mental health basically because all of that can lead into people doing things to hurt you know that hurt others and this is back to we how do we stop this so ideally like if I could run a business that would solve all of our problems as far as the predator goes by all means that's what I'd be doing but unfortunately I can only control what I can do and and I'd love to be able to share that information so that someone else also is able to get home safe basically (laughs) Mm. oh completely and i'm going to link uh your instagram below so everyone listening definitely follow it because it just comes up and they're just always good digestible reminders and so many of the ones that you've mentioned i've started to implement like you know reversing back as i uh, under my work i have to do use the car park and now with daylight savings gone i'm often you know leaving in the dark so it's yeah, all of those little things that I just hadn't really thought about before. And as simple as like, you know, it's really hard with this day and age being on your phone all the time. Um, And I would sort of like have my phone, but I'm like, it's completely changed my mindset. And I think not in a way that I feel, it's not like I feel scared now. It's empowered me to, I guess, not feel scared, like to just be aware. I think awareness is so important. But I want to start by asking you about intuition because it's something you talk about a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that some people are more in tune with it than others. So can you talk about how intuition can really help us in those dangerous situations or potentially dangerous situations? Yeah, yeah. for those who aren't really tuned into their intuition, how how can they improve that? Yeah, well, intuition oh, is absolute gold. And I like to tell people to think of it as being your own personal bodyguard. But before that, your intuition will not even be actually triggered if you don't have amazing situational awareness. And mm. like that is my absolute number one um, safety tip when anybody asks. It's always about situational awareness. And it's not some flashy John Wick move or anything like that, but it's it's basic awareness. And because we actually can't, uh, our intuition can't actually be triggered unless we're taking them around us. So we need to be able to hear and see and smell and use all our senses when we're actually um, out and about. And then if something is not quite right in our environment, our body will be triggered by that. Like we have actually, um, you know, evolution has made us in danger. We can spot when something's not quite right. And I guess with our intuition, it's one of those things where maybe you get a feeling that something's not quite right, but you don't actually know straight away why that is. And then quite often we ignore it. And like, we're pretty much the only animals in the animal kingdom that do not run from danger. Like we will question it. We'll put it down to paranoia. Am I overreacting? Or maybe I don't want to offend that person, you know, because we've been brought up to be polite. So we ignore that, that gut feeling or those butterflies in the stomach or that you know tingling up your spine that something's not quite right think about those feelings when they actually happen because quite often uh, I've read a lot of stories when people have recounted an actual violent attack and they've had some more time to think about how it all played out and you'll quite often hear them say I had this feeling something wasn't quite right that guy was standing there and he had his hands in his pocket and I just got this vibe and so that would have been their intuition talking to them saying something in your environment right now is not quite right. You need to start making changes. I always talk about getting into a lift because it's that 
time when you're standing there in front of the lift, the doors open and there's somebody in there and you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to get in. Like, you know, you start to have those um, feelings that, oh, my God. But then you look at them and you think, I don't want to offend them, so I do get in. And you turn your back, you press the button and you stand there just praying that you you know, you can get out at your floor. And let's say you did all that and you got out and you were fine. And quite often in that moment, you'll think to yourself, oh, I was just being paranoid. I was overreacting. And maybe the next time it doesn't end so well. It, you know, you ignored your intuition of telling you not to get in there. I mean, when we think about it, we're getting into a metal chamber and we can't get out and there's no room to move. We can't create distance or space. So I always like to tell people to, don't ever worry about offending people and don't worry about, um, you know, you, you might feel out of your comfort zone by rejecting someone or saying no to something. But at the end of the day, it's your safety. Like you have to look after your And I even give people um, just in regards to that lift and giving yourself a bit of an out without actually having to escalate the situation because, you know, you don't want to open the doors and look someone up and down and then just go, there's no way I'm getting in there with you. <laughs> so I kind of say to people like, you know, just in that split second say, oh, shit, I've left it in the car and just walk off. So you haven't told that person directly that you don't want to get in because of them. Don't ever feel like you're forced into a situation because you don't want to offend or upset somebody else. And so it might just be that you have to say that and then you walk off and then you turn around and make sure that that person didn't get out of the lift. But, you know, at least you've given yourself that moment of time to be able to get away and you've done it without escalating the situation as well. Mm, I love that. And just make sure you don't press it straight away because they'll probably come back down Yeah, <laughs> and that would be awkward. <laughs> Give yourself a moment. Yeah, exactly. And it's always good just to, yeah, create, just create some time and space between you and whoever that was. But yeah, there's, um, I think this thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people, We've just been brought up to um, not be confrontational, like respect your elders, respect your teachers, all of that. But I also like to remind our kids that you also have a voice. You're able to say something in that moment. Like let's just say a teacher called you into the office and they shut the door and then locked it. You're allowed to say, hey, why did you lock the door? That's not right. So and not to be just sitting there, you know, with their intuition going this doesn't feel right but mm. and not speak up so I think it's good to have those conversations and remind yourself that yeah you know my body is reacting to something right now and I need to be paying attention and working out you know what's what should I be doing otherwise oh completely and I I want to touch on that because I think a huge part of society women in particular also children it's kind of like vulnerable groups where raised to be polite and agreeable and mild so with that we're being raised with that. So how can we start to, I don't know, you did a post recently on unwanted attention and I found that really interesting. Can you talk about that in a way, like we're expected to be really polite. We think sometimes we just have to accept everything. We have to say yes to everything. So with that conditioning, then how do we deal with unwanted attention? Yeah, absolutely. So look, I was actually just chatting to my husband about, husband about this the other day because um Dealing with unwanted attention, and I've seen a lot of videos too of um, women, you know, fighting back and possibly, and I, you know, obviously what I would love to do in these situations and what I will do, actually do from a safety perspective are two very different things. Like if somebody is saying derogatory comments towards me, I would love to be able to turn around and tell them to F off, but that would escalate a situation. So in regards to things like catcalling or someone just yelling something out, 
the absolute best thing continue to walk and continue to just, you know, not say anything either. But if someone's asking you something, no is a complete sentence. It doesn't invite a response whatsoever. So if someone's asking something of you, hey, you've got the time. No, no, I don't. Sorry. And we just keep it really short and sweet. We keep a little bit of tone, not aggressive, but just be able to present ourselves in a hard target with our body language, with the way that we talk. And, you know, if somebody continues to persist, we can just say, look, I said no. And we can use our hands. We like to teach people to use their hands, to have their hands up. Um, Like, I guess, what's the best way? Uh, We could call it talking with your hands. So, you know how yet some people are very big at talking with their hands. They've got their hands flying up around the face and the shoulder area. We really encourage that because if someone ever did actually decide to try and strike you in any way, your hands are already up. Mm-hmm. And we do this drill actually with people in our seminars and workshops where we get um, we show them, you know, the difference between having your hands down by your body and then actually having your hands up towards your face the reaction time, you giving yourself a much better chance to react if someone did actually try to strike you. So um, coming back to the way we talk though and the way we um, move, in regards to that, we just literally keep moving. And if say you were in a situation like you're in a car park and someone's come up to you and said, oh, hey, you look like you're struggling with your groceries, let me help you. We just say, no, thank you. Um, We'd like to keep the conversation extremely short. Like we don't say, oh, no, look, I'm all right. You know what? That Thanks so much for the offer. Because a true predator would love to continue to keep you talking. The more they can get you talking, the harder it does harder it is for you to actually break that conversation uh we start to lower our levels of trust and uh, sorry we start to lower our levels of awareness and it just puts us in a much harder position so it's better to be firm and upfront now if that was a decent guy asking to offer you help he might just go okay no worries all right and walk off and or even if he thought you were a bit of a bitch I mean who cares really Mm. at the end of the day like our safety always has to come first and you're never going to see these people again. So, but somebody who is not so nice uh, might persist. And that's when the more they persist, the more, you know, that you're dealing with basically a piece of shit. So you would say, uh, if they continue to go, Hey, come on, look, you look like you're struggling. I've got my hands free. Let me help you. Like, no, I said, no. And once again, we're using our body language. And this is an incident where we probably haven't got room to either run or de-escalate the situation. So this is where we would use our voice a bit more like a weapon. So if they continue to persist and persist and you can turn around and we tell people to practice this at home, actually, we get them to get very loud, use all their body language, hands up and to say something like, I said fucking no. And because when we are creating noise and whatnot, a lot of predators want the whole experience to be quick. They don't want to get injured and they want it to be quiet. They don't want to get caught. So the more noise that we're making, the more that we're actually alerting a potential third party to come along and intervene, which, you know, will then be throwing them off their game. So Mm -hmm. in that particular incident, that's when you would get quite loud. But any moment where, you know, something's happening on the street, we just tell people to continue to keep their distance, keep space, keep your eye on someone, not to stare, but just to keep moving and not really engage. We never at any point really want to escalate a situation if we don't have to. And um, I did do another, um, in our seminars, we did actually get asked a lot about unwanted attention when you're at a bar and, you know, like you've got you might be just out with your girlfriends and you're really not interested in someone trying to pick you up and um, 
we talk about how to deal with that once again without escalating the situation because as you can imagine, a guy coming over, he's probably got all his mates there, you know, high-fiving him and all that. And he's coming over with his best pickup line and which is usually pretty average to be honest. But um, <laughs> it's more about, you know, they might say, hey, can I buy you a drink? And in this particular scenario, we um, tell people to have a story, like to make up a story, a real doom and gloom story and and not to have any guilt attached to this story either because we basically want to be able to reject the situation without rejecting them personally so that they don't start to go well oh well you're not that good looking anyway you know no, you're a bit of a bitch and rah, rah, rah. we don't want them to escalate it in that particular manner so I tell people to have like a story you know something like oh thanks so much. You know, I wasn't even going to come out tonight. My girlfriends have dragged me out. My boyfriend's in hospital. He's just got this rare form of cancer and the treatment is just not working. So, you know, I'm probably not even going to stay here that long. I I feel really shit anyway. So, um, but yeah, thanks anyway, and have a good night. And so what we've done is we've just completely killed the mood. We've (laughs) taken it to another level. And you basically want that person to turn around and go, oh, all right. Uh, no worries. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, a decent person, you know, ideally that would be the best outcome. That's not always going to be the case. And in those instances, that's when we tell people to get other people involved. You might want to let the bartender know, you might want to let the security know if somebody continues to hassle you. And also, you know, let all the party know, the girlfriends that you're actually there with, um, with you, let them know of what's happening as well. So it's just, um, at any point, it's really good not to escalate. So if we can just be moving away in those other instances I was saying, unfortunately, that is probably the best thing we can do. It is great and we're trying to encourage more people, those third parties to come in and and tell other men off for their behaviour. But until that happens, we can just once again look out for ourselves and make sure that we're just moving away from a situation. We might get home and go, what an asshole. God, I would have loved to have decked that guy or I would have loved to turn around and tell him to fuck off. But that is something we always tell people not to say because it is something that actually raises, um, can escalate a situation because then it invites a response. You know, that person go, hang on, what did you say? What did you just say to me? And so we don't ever want that. So when we are in that car park situation, like I was saying before, or where we turn around and said, I said, fucking no, we always want to emphasize that it's no and not fuck off because of that particular reason. It does escalate a situation. So yeah, that's, I hope that's been helpful. (laughs) No, that is super helpful. I want to know though, like Rachel, in those sort of situations, I don't know how many, or if you have been in those situations many times, but do you feel an inner conflict? I think I'm a very stubborn person, a very fiery person. I would never want to escalate a situation. But when you do, when you try not to offend someone, do you almost get angry like at yourself? You're like, well, they deserve to be rejected or they deserve to, like you said, like for you to be able to say, fuck off. Is there that inner conflict at all? Absolutely. I mean, I always come home and I know what I'd like to say to someone, even if it's oh, just anything. But at the end of the day, we have to just think, I always like to just think those next, say, maybe five minutes through. Let's say I did say fuck off and maybe that person turned around and, you know, they had a weapon on them and they just thought, 
stuff you and you know we we never know how somebody else is going to react so if I can think five minutes ahead and just think to myself okay now I'm laying here on the ground on someone's potentially stabbed me or man I'm talking about the real dramatic end result here but Mm. I have to I also like to remind people anything can happen when a situation is escalated so you know that person might decide to strike me I might hit my head on the ground I might have you know major injuries I have to think to myself by biting my tongue and letting you know your ego go and just accept that okay I might look really weak in this situation I've also got myself home safe and while I'm having that inner talk and that inner fight with myself I'm back home and I'm safe like we can't um once again we can't control other people and I can't have my say without you know um it escalating and I guess that's what and it is a really really tough thing to get your head around and I know especially like I've got friends who've got I've got two boys myself and I'm constantly trying to teach them about their ego and just say you know you want to you have to sometimes be that bigger person and make you might come off looking vulnerable and weak by not engaging. But if you can do that without getting injured and get home safe, that is the end goal. Like that is all we can ever hope for. So it is really, really hard. Like I would love to bite back. But if I felt like my safety was, you know, um, a real, if I felt like I was putting myself in danger in doing so, then it's just not worth it. After the break, Rachel gives us her best tips and advice for getting home safely even after dark. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I have been using the Blush of Australia makeup removers for around a year now and I absolutely love them. With sensitive skin, makeup remover wipes have never been an option for me. But even if you don't have sensitive skin, a massive reason behind using reusable products like Blush Off is the fact that it's so sustainable and eco-friendly. Now, the other thing I love about this is that you can take your makeup off easily without any chemicals. So it's so much better for your skin. Now, they're seven times thicker than normal pads, so they're not flimsy. It means that you can get a lot of use out of them. They're stain-free and bacteria-free as well. So for someone like myself has acne-prone skin, it's really important that everything is bacteria-free. So in Australia, Australia-owned company, which I absolutely love. They have same-day dispatch with free express shipping Australia-wide and for New Zealand. Removing all of your makeup with just water, no added chemicals or toxins, perfect for all skin types and especially sensitive skin like mine. If you'd like to get your hands on this amazing product from Blush Off Australia, click the link below. Now, let's get back to the episode. I want to talk more about getting home safely and especially in Victoria we've just gone into well we've just gone out of daylight savings so it's getting very dark very early so a lot of women who perhaps weren't getting home in the dark they are getting home in the dark now so what would you say your top three tips are in terms of leaving work getting onto public transport or getting to your car and just getting home safely? Yeah, so obviously my number one is situational awareness. <laughs> um, and I talk and sometimes, I mean, I do like to let people know that situational awareness is not walking around like a meerkat 24-7. Like we do, there are levels of awareness. So, And I've created this acronym, I can't even say the word now. Acronym. <laughs> acronym to describe it best and I call it NAR which is neutral aware and alert so neutral is like you're at home watching Netflix having a cuppa or a wine and you're in a real neutral state your levels of awareness are not that high and then we've got aware and aware is like when you're say you're out at a cafe with some friends and you're aware of what's going on around you but you're not at a really heightened alert state so 
you're relaxed, you're able to obviously can have conversations, but let's just say somebody dropped a glass and, you know, I, in the past I was like, oh, I really, I always feel bad for that person because everybody looks, but by being aware, you actually do want to look and just see that, oh, okay, that person did just drop a glass or did that person drop a glass because there is an actual altercation? Has someone walked in with a gun or has someone started a fight or whatever it is? You want to be aware of what's actually happening in your surroundings. So, because it might be that you have to start moving at that moment, but you're not at a heightened alert state. You're sort of just taking in those noises and anything that's sort of happening above the general noise level in the place where you're at. So, Mm -hmm. and then the last one is alert. And this is the time when you have to be on 100% situational awareness, really switched on. And it's usually getting from those A to B moments. So, that is the time when you are leaving work and you need to be able to be scanning your environment. So I guess uh, one big tip would be planning and I'm not talking about spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about, um, you know, before you actually leave the building, have whatever you need either in your pocket or in your hand so it's accessible. Like, so if I'm leaving uh, the shops or something, I'll have my keys ready in my hand and not to use them as a weapon, but actually ready to unlock my car. So I want to be able to walk straight to my car and be able to take in my surroundings the whole time without having to look in my bag for my keys or anything else I need. And the same goes for your bus pass. If you need to um, get that out, you get that out then, pop it in your pocket and then you can actually, you know, just pull it out without having to look once again in your bag or go and find it at that moment when you're actually out and you should be looking around. And planning also comes back to, let's just say um, you are leaving now and it is darker. So when you, if you're parking your car, think about what it's going to look like when you walk out of the building. So, um, you know, there might be places that are better to park than others. Like we always tell people to pick places where it's really well lit. So, you might get a car spot right under a light that might of all the options you have, you might be able to pick that one. And that's what we would recommend because you want to be not sort of hidden in the shadows in the car park. You know, I understand we don't always get to choose where we park, but ideally if we can reverse our car in, have it park in a well-lit place, um, then that's obviously going to be really helpful. And when we do come out, like scan your environment and if something doesn't look quite right, like, Let's just say there's lots of people and cars coming and going. Your levels of awareness will drop a little bit. But if you're coming out, say, at 10 o'clock at night and it's really dark and um, there's no one else around and you do spot somebody standing there or, you know, you think to yourself, is that is that someone over there? Like the best thing to do would be to go back inside and maybe see if you can find some security or maybe you can walk out when somebody else is actually walking out too. Like I always like to remind people we do have options and sometimes the best option might be to go back inside. So it's really good to remember that while we're scanning our environment, while we're, you know, further away from what could be a potential threat, the more options we have, the sooner that that gap closes and, uh, you know, we have less time and space to plan, that's when things get a bit harder for us. So if you are sort of, yeah, heading out, just making sure that you have good situational awareness, try not to walk between cars in a car park, try and stick to the roads. If you're going to the bus stop, uh, once again, look, if there's a lot of people at the bus stop, your levels of awareness can drop a little bit. But let's say you are the only person at the bus stop. So this would be the time that I would say you still need to be on high alert, like not to pull a book out, not to start listening to a podcast, 
you want to see the kind of traffic that's moving around you. Like, is there somebody coming in the distance? And if you don't like that, the look of that person, get up and start moving, cross the road, start moving in another direction until that person passes. It may be that you have to get even the next bus. But I just like to tell people to keep moving. If there's something sort of in your environment that's sort of triggering you that it's not quite right, then we want to start making a plan to remove ourselves from that situation. So um, in regards to, yeah, safety when you're heading home, definitely planning is number one, situational awareness, and just having um, those ideas of what you would do if something was to happen. Because I think a lot of the time, not having a plan, that's when things can go a bit wrong. So that's why we try to tell people to even just picture these scenarios. Like, what would I do if I saw someone walking towards me at the bus stop? Mm. You know, we might, and this is that time when we might ignore our intuition in the past, you know, people will be like, well, let's just see how this plays out. But once that person's in your space, it's all too late and a bit hard. So we do like to remind people just, you know, the sooner you can act, react to what could be a potential threat then that's the time to definitely start moving Mm. oh they are so helpful and even I saw one that you said about like space around the corner like not coming around the corner as if there's not going to be anyone there that's something that I've been factoring in and like now that I know that I'll just do that automatically um so I think like a big thing going wide yeah and talking about space and like because space is time like if you like it gives yourself just like having your hands like up it gives yourself that better chance at least yeah and like yeah we talk about going um walking past blind corners and whatnot and yeah definitely going wide and allowing more space because even just a meter or a few feet all of it it all um gives us that split section split second reaction time that you know can give us more time to step back so you know if we're too close walking towards too close walking along a wall and somebody was around a corner, they literally just have to put their arms out and they've got you. But if you're a good, say, two or three feet, even further away from the wall, as you're passing that blind corner, you're going to see them and you're going to be able to react, you know, and keep creating more space in that split second. So, and we tell people when you are walking past a blind corner to look down and just check because quite often that's what someone's banking on, that you're just going to be able to walk past and they're going to be able to walk straight behind you so um, it's just that whole scanning process of you know having a little bit of a hit head on a swivel just looking around and taking everything in and if you do hear things just to acknowledge what they are like if there's a dog barking like you want to look over and go well what is that dog barking at is there somebody else over there that I didn't know about or you know has something actually happened that I should be aware of so it's just yeah that real scanning of taking in your environment and um if possible, like changing up your route. So I understand it's really hard when you're walking home or you're getting to your car or um, maybe you've got to walk a few streets to get to your car, like, you know, but we, as much as we can change up our route and maybe the times that we leave so we're not so predictable, um, you know, that's the best option. And and actually I used to, um, uh, getting back to leaving uh, work or uni, when I used to go to uni, I had a one night a week, I had a really late class and I um, I didn't really feel comfortable going home on the train on my own. So I, I had a friend, that, a guy that also went on my train line and he finished a bit later. So I would just sit down for that half an hour, do a bit of homework and then I'd get on the train with him. Like obviously it's always 
safety in numbers is always a great thing. And I know that's not always practical, but if it's an option that's available to you, like definitely take it up, especially at those moments when, you know, getting a train at say 9.30 at night, it's usually pretty dead. And, you know, it's not a great environment to be sitting there on your own. And once again, I know it's not always ideal, but yeah, if you do have that option, it's really good to be able to travel with others or walk out of a building with someone else. That is such good advice. I want to finish on this point because I know you have your own podcast, which is Knowledge is Your Superpower. And I would love to know what if you could, and I know you have so much knowledge, but if you could just pass one little knowledge nugget along, what do you reckon your favourite one is? I was thinking about this the other day because obviously there's lots of little areas that I love to chat about, but there was one that I did um, and I think for my own personal journey it's taken me so far, was getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and because any situation you find yourself in, it's not going to be comfortable. So I think if you're able to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and there's a lot of uncomfortables in this sentence um you know it's it helps you with your mindset in that moment and I know for myself like growing up I had pretty low confidence um I hated confrontation uh you know I would do anything to avoid pushing myself out of my comfort zone to be honest but um funnily enough I've actually grown so much business mm. because I actually um I never liked public speaking actually and I remember even my girlfriend, she asked me to do a reading at her wedding and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. I'm sorry. There's no way. I would just, I said, I would be a nervous mess up there. I would ruin your wedding. I can't possibly do it. (laughs) And so I, um, it's funny, I was so excited about starting this business and I'd been thinking about it for such a long time. And then, um, and then we got our first gig for our first seminar and I was like, oh my God, I have not thought this through at all. I've got to get up and present to people. Like this is like my worst nightmare. And so very quickly, um, I have got used to pushing myself through my comfort zone. Like there's been so many things. And like I mentioned before, the reels, like I am someone that does not like any attention whatsoever. I had my wedding, everything I've done in my life, I've always done so that I'm not the center of attention. And, and it's funny, like, and if you looked at my page now, it's just my face absolutely everywhere. But um, it's getting back to, apart from just the amazing personal growth of pushing yourself through uncomfortable situations. So it just helps you with your mindset as well. Like it's really important that if you can be okay with something that's a little bit uncomfortable, it helps you to focus on what you need to be doing in that moment instead of thinking shit, 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 and freezing and then forgetting all the stuff that you need to do. So even um, if you've grown up and you've never say had an altercation with someone or you've never been pushed or shoved or hit in any way shape or form and I mean no one wants that anyway but it's really good to maybe even just do a few boxing classes like because it's really good to learn how to throw a punch it's learn how to take a bit of a hit in a really safe environment and then let's say you did find yourself in a violent encounter and like you know we're not perfect there are times when we're not going to have great situational awareness you don't want that first time that you've ever been hit or hurt or whatever to be in that particular moment. You want to be able to be comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling. So mm. it's just, it's a mental thing as well. Like in just doing something little like myself, like the first time I did my seminar, I walked away, I was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. I, you know, I got through that. Nothing happened. I didn't, you know, didn't catch on fire or anything like that, you know, <laughs> just all the, the mental thing that you put yourself through when you're going through all those things. But I just think it's a really important um, 
thing to just do little challenges in your life and they don't have to be big but they're just really good from a growth perspective um they give you some extra confidence and they really help you in that moment to deal with an uncomfortable situation because let's be honest anytime you're confronted by a potential threat it's going to be really uncomfortable oh completely i love that so so much and i've so enjoyed chatting with you i hope to hear and see more from you soon thank you so much ebony ta And that wraps up another episode of The Real Health Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I have a really special surprise for you coming on Friday, but I really hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you got a lot of value out of this podcast. If you'd like to see or hear more from me, you can jump over to the Instagram Real Health Podcast or my personal Instagram at Ebony May Health. And as always, until the next episode, I wish you happiness and real health.